Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 276 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Melinda Spangenberg, Melinda lives in Concord, North Carolina, and she is a caregiver for her aging parents. Welcome, Melinda. Hey, Jen. It's good to be here. It's really good to talk to you today. So, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? What brought me to intermittent fasting was my mother's diagnosis of mild cognitive decline, which has since morphed into Alzheimer's. The official diagnosis happened in February of 2019. We'd obviously seen signs of it. And but getting that official diagnosis was still a gut punch. Right. And I was already on a weight loss journey because in 2018, or December of 2018, I'd seen a doctor and was told I was going to need double knee replacements. So oh. I'm like, well, okay, if I have to have that, then I need to lose weight because it'll make recovery so much better, <laughs> among other things. Right. So I had already started on that journey, you know, by tracking and counting calories and, you know, all the stuff that we all hate to do. When she got that diagnosis, I was like, wow, okay. And I started Googling stuff, like how do I avoid right. developing dementia, Alzheimer's? And it was a rabbit hole and it went through a lot of things. But one thing that kept popping up was intermittent fasting. And I'm like, well, I knew what fasting was, but... I didn't know that there was an intermittent fasting eating style. Right. So the more I researched it, I started off with, with your book, Delay, Don't Deny. And then I listened to the obesity code while on the elliptical 
I tried to read that book. And to be honest, it was so sciencey. I had yeah. to hear it through my ears. I could not I hear read that it. from a lot of people. So for anybody who's like, like you and, and tried to get through it, reading it and was like, I just cannot listening yeah. to it. It seems to have been a different experience for a lot of people to hear it. Yep. Yep. I'm, and I love to read. That's not an right. issue. Reading It's just, I would look at the page and go, nope, that's not. And your mind starts to wander. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I made it through that. And, and a lot, so much of that made sense. I mean, just. Science-wise, he made it to the point where the non-scientific person could understand it. Yes, and and I remember thinking, okay, every time I'm elliptical and I'm exhaling, I'm there goes fat cells, you know, right. <laughs> breathing so, out the fat. That's a, as yeah. we exhale it. Yep, yep, yep. So that kind of shifted my reason, your my why, why. Right. my why. Yeah, it changed my why, and that's really how I started. And I can't tell you the exact day. Mm-hmm. I do know that I kind of evolved into it because it was February, we got the diagnosis, I did some research, read some books. And I realized I was kind of already fasting because I was eating later in the day. But I was, I always like my green tea in the morning. Mm-hmm. First thing I have is green tea. And then usually I have coffee. I've been a decaf coffee drinker for years. So that's caffeine's not an issue. But I would put cream and collagen powder in my first yeah. cup in the morning. So you were almost there. You were you were yeah. almost fasting. You almost. just weren't fasting clean. You know, collagen is a no because of the protein content. Of course, right. cream as well. You know, it, may, it makes such a difference because both of those are food. Cream and collagen are food for the right. body. So you just had to do some shifting with, with yeah, what you put I, in I your tweak, I had to tweak it. Yep. yep. Or not. Untweak it. <laughs> Untweak it. Yeah. <laughs> so once I realized that and I joined the Facebook group and mm-hmm. then the clean fasting and I was like, Oh, well, duh. So it took a while. And I'll touch on that when if we go to the magazine article. But it it took a while to get used to the black coffee, but it was not impossible, which up to that point, I would have said no way could I ever drink black coffee. I get that. But, yeah, yeah, I was until I read the obesity right code. Now. Yep, I'm done with it for the day. I'm on to my, my Topo Chico in the oh, glass okay. model. But <laughs> I, I just was like, after I read the obesity code, I was like, well, I can't drink it black. So since I can't have stevia, I guess I just won't have coffee at all. That was what I thought. And, and that's not an option because even though I drink decaf, I like coffee. I mean, I just like... I like it too. And I missed it. Of course, I had that terrible withdrawal after I stopped drinking it called uh, turkey. But yeah. I missed it. <laughs> and I was like, but I really miss having it. And then I felt terrible from the no caffeine and the no stevia also. But then when I reintroduced it, I realized how much better it makes my brain feel. I have an ADHD brain and caffeine like soothes our brain. Like I don't need it for energy. It makes my brain better able to focus. Okay. I have an anxiety prone brain and it- That's why you do decaf. It wreaks havoc, yes. And after several panic attacks, the doctor's like, you might want to go to decaf. I'm like- And I I bet you're also a slow caffeine metabolizer genetically- Actually, I'm normal. Okay. Because I had that on my your DNA. Genetic, yeah, and I was like, "Well, that's surprising." Because I yeah. thought I was I would be yeah. slow. Also, I'm a fast um, caffeine metabolizer. But the the thing about ADHD brains and caffeine, not everybody knows that. But they they sometimes give children who are suffering with ADHD a caffeinated beverage to help them, uh, rather than medicating them. The caffeine helps a wow. lot of kids to focus. So. Okay. Yeah. I I would not have known that yet. (laughs) (laughs) Like a Coke or a Mountain Dew or something, right? Your kid's like calm. It's the opposite. Not to mention the sugar that kicks in. Well, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you started fasting clean and and you noticed a difference? Yeah. It was in July when I made that connection switch. I'm not the sharpest, you know, tool in the shed. So, you know, I had to ease into it, but, or evolve into it, I like to say. I still drank my green tea first thing. And then I just drank my coffee black and I was good. Good. And I noticed that I could push off. I was, I've always been a breakfast eater. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the, one of my favorite meals of the day. Although I've since learned that it's not the most important meal of the day. But I feel so bad because I made my daughter eat breakfast for so many years, even though she's like, I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry. Right. Well, we thought it's we were supposed to. I, I know. I was like, I'm being a good mother. You need to eat. I have since apologized to her many times for for that. How Um, old is she? She's 26, almost 27. So she she laughs. She's like, I'm over it, mom. (laughs) But, uh, but, and I realized that I mean, I could still have my breakfast, just 
I guess for lunch, you know, right, so I just started delay off, like, that food. There's no sit, no reason that we have to have that food at like seven in the morning. Exactly. And, and I, to be honest, there are very few things I do at seven o'clock in the morning these days. So <laughs> you know, I'm hitting 62 in a few days. So it's like, I'm doing things on my own timeline Love here. That. Yeah. <laughs> so. I can't sleep past that. I'm, I'm wide awake by seven. I've been awake for a long time, especially we just had the oh. time change. We're recording this in early November. Uh, and I yeah. woke up at 4.30. It's been eight hours since oh. I fell asleep because I fell asleep. It's super early because it's dark <laughs> and my body is not uh, like the time change at all. But yeah, I remember hearing you say that. I'm going, oh, I'm, I've never been one of those people ever. And it's yeah. just, I wish, well, well we, we are who we, we are. We always wish, like I wish at 8 p.m. I'm not falling asleep because I feel like such a weirdo. And I'm like lying on the sofa <laughs> falling asleep at 8 p.m. And Chad's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I, I just literally physically can't do it. So I have to force myself to stay awake till 9. It's not easy because yeah. otherwise I'd be awake literally at 4 ready to go. So. You can't really go to yeah. bed at 8 p.m. I don't know. Maybe you can. When I'm 60, well, maybe I'll just give in. <laughs> no, now it's like, that's when I kick in. My second wind kicks in. I'm like, oh, let's read. Let's do laundry. You know, it's like, no, no wait a minute. This is an example of bio-individuality in action with our circadian <laughs> rhythm, right? Exactly. And then I have my aura ring. You know, it's bedtime's coming up. You should be winding down. I'm like, oh my gosh. You, you got know? your second wind. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. That's so funny. So you you now have your breakfast later in the day. You have your breakfast food. Right. And actually, since then, I mean, it's been almost, well, two and a half years. I now really, I'm not a one meal a day person. I'll have a, a snack, a small meal, basically. Try to go for the protein. Yeah. Limit the carbs. I'll have that. And then a couple hours later, have a bigger meal. And a lot of times I will have breakfast for dinner. Yeah. My husband works sometimes at night. So that's, you know, I'll make a, a great omelet with my gluten-free sourdough bread. Yum. To me, that's like, this is wonderful. It's just a way of working it. You know, yeah. breakfast doesn't have to be in the morning and dinner, you know, doesn't have to happen at all. It's a lifestyle now, but it it's one I evolved into. Mm -hmm. I like the way you phrase that. You evolved into it. And to me, it's the tweak it till it's easy, but you evolved into the way that it feels natural. Exactly. Exactly. And, I, and I'm envious of these people that come on and, and say, it's my fast anniversary on such and such a date. And I'm like, I have no idea what day I, don't I know actually mine. started. <laughs> I don't know mine either. I know the day that I actually started dieting in May of 2014, but I didn't start with fasting. Because remember, I had that whole summer where I did the keto and I had tried some crazy things first, tried okay. to go back to the HCG. <laughs> I didn't actually, it was pro sometime in August of 2014, but I don't know the day. You don't know what, yeah. I wish I did. Oh, okay. So yeah, no, so, I mean, yeah. It, it happened. That's the right. good thing. It happened. Yep. So. so how did it evolve over time? You know, we you talked about that. You said that phrase a couple of times. So how did you start versus how did it change into what you're doing now? Because I think that's important for a lot of people to hear. You know, people who are starting off and this is coming out in January, so there'll be a lot of new people at that time of the year. People who are, you know, maybe if they started January 1st, they're getting close to the end of their first month now, and they don't even know what it's going to be like in a year or two years or how it will change. So tell us how your program or your approach naturally evolved. Well, it was a point of like trying different things. Right. There was different window, different window times. Do I want to do shorter? Do I want to do longer? Trying to find one that worked, that felt comfortable, that felt natural, then there was the alternate day fasting, which I did try, didn't like. I will occasionally do like a mealless Monday, mm -hmm. kind of a reset, but to do it on a regular basis, it didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. I know it works for other people. Yep. Great. For me, it just wasn't my thing. I think it's something to experiment with. Even if you think you're going to hate it, you might surprise, find you like it. But you also might find yeah. surprise, not surprise. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just, it wasn't for me. I, right. I didn't feel good. And, mm -hmm. you know, if I, especially if I did it over, like, I think the longest I made it was two weeks. You and did I two never weeks got, of an alternate daily fasting. Were you actually doing every other day? Yes. Or just a couple? Okay. No, yeah. uh, every other day. And I didn't do the mini meals. I, you did I a full never fast. Tried, yeah, I don't think I would do well with that because once I start eating, I don't want to stop. So I'm like, I, it's like I, I'm like, yeah, all right, so, it's on <laughs> the on yeah, button. Exactly. I have so, a hard time stopping when I'm not satisfied. I've always yeah. been like that. A small yeah, amount so of food like, is not going to satisfy me. 
We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by by Optimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Yep. So I thought, well, if I'm if I'm just going to do it, I'm not going to have anything at all. Just gone through. Mm-hmm. And once you get past those few hours, you know, where you really, really, really want to eat, it's not so bad. Right. But I would feel sluggish the next day, and then, but I and I would do a good up day. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it, the results weren't good. If you're if you're looking to lose weight, I did lose weight while I was doing that. Right. Was it any faster? I don't think so. I mean, to be honest, I've been a I've been a sloth ever since I started. I mean, I was never, I think it was my high point was losing 0.32 pounds a week. Well, that like, will add I up mean, over time though, right? Exactly. I mean, I, yeah, there were some weeks I did more, but you know, I, cause I used the um, happy scale app. Mm-hmm. Ex- and excellent. It's like, it's, yeah. It gives you that little progress thing. I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's going down. Down is down. Care. Right. Down is right. down. And because I was not really focused on the weight, I was trying to figure out what was going on inside my body and specifically my brain and the, the, the plaque. And I mean, all the, all the Alzheimer's related things. I really liked your phrase. It's a, what is it? The health, health plan. plan with the side of weight loss. Right. Yes. Because it was true. I mean, I went in for the health reasons and the weight loss was a bonus. Mm-hmm. And now I feel so incredibly good. I'm going, yeah, okay, I'm going to be 62, but I feel like I'm in my 40s. So I, I feel yeah. like I, I bought an extra couple decades. You know? I get that. I, I feel the exact same way. You know, I look at pictures of myself from my 30s, you know, now I'm 53. And I think I, I mean, I've got more wrinkles here, you know, but I, I feel every bit as great as I did in my 30s. Actually, I, exactly. feel better. I feel better than I did when I was in my 40s. Mm-hmm. And to go back to what started me on my weight loss journey in February, my knees, I haven't been back to the doctor for them since. So you did not have any replacement, replacement surgery. Love it. I no longer sound like a bowl of Rice Krispies after milk being poured on them as I walk up the stairs. <laughs> if I eat sugar, my knees will re- respond. That's where I wow. feel it. But I also don't mm-hmm. eat a lot of sugar anymore. So that's not an issue, but losing weight helped. But I think the diet, the eating window portion of the intermittent fasting, let my body heal, you know, having that that limited time of eating. I think that healed so much internally. And that was a bonus. And I'm like, I noticed that December of 2019, I'm like, you know, I was down. I don't, I don't know how much I was down at that point, but it's like, well, my knees don't hurt as much. Now, you know, my husband and my daughter last year did the rim to rim at the Grand Canyon. 
where they go down one side and come up on the other. Wow. That sounds hard. Uh, extremely. Yeah. And I, there's no way I could have done that. I mean, I, I just know, I mean, I know my limitations, but I got to drive around the five hours to pick them up. So you know, I dropped them off. How long does it take to walk? It took it? them 13 hours. Oh my yeah. Lord. No, that's a lot. <laughs> the, and the down would be hard, but the up. They're both hard. At yeah. the end, you're having to go. I bet the up, down is harder than you think if you're going down a mountain, but going, or a canyon, yeah. I guess in this case, but up, I can't even imagine coming up out no, of there. I, they, they did, did it, it though. Yep, they did it. That was their goal. I have the- Like what happens if you get partway up and you're like, okay, I can't do it. Yeah. You don't want that to happen because that's, it's no. a very expensive prop- <laughs> proposition for them to rescue you. They, they discourage that. Uh-oh. But yeah, my daughter works out by the Grand Canyon. So she is very, she's out there a lot. So that was their goal. So they, okay. they did that. But I'm like, no, there's no way I could do that. And I'm okay with that. I yeah. realize that that's not something, to be honest, I really didn't want to do it. I'm with <laughs> you, know? you. I'll be like, I will pick <laughs> Go have fun. <laughs> have a good time. Send me some photos. We'll have dinner afterwards. I don't want to do yeah. it. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's, my window will be exactly. open. Yeah. But I have the how it started, how it ended pictures. And boy, they were really rough on the how it ended. Oh, that's funny. I bet so. It's just knowing your limitations. But honestly, I really don't think about my knees much anymore. I mean, other than the fact that I can still walk and and not be in pain, but not having to go back to that doctor and not having to have the knee replacements, which may still have to occur at some point. Because I, I was one day as because the joints wear out, right? Even though you've taken a lot of weight off of them, they only have like a certain lifespan. They do. However, sometimes in one of my many books that I've read, it was actually I listened to this one as I was doing a cross country trip earlier this year, and it was Why We Get Sick by Oh, yeah, Dr. Benjamin Bickman. And that's a good one. Actually, that was one of the books I had downloaded to listen to on my drive. And then I actually bought the Kindle version because you can link to all the, the notes. Yeah. So, and he yep. indicated that osteoarthritis can be part of a metabolic disorder. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, he yeah. links it all to insulin resistance, yes. right? And high levels of insulin, like everything. Yeah, but I was like, well, maybe that explains why they haven't gotten worse. I mean, and right? maybe they have gotten yeah. better. I don't know. I mean, I haven't been back, back to the doctor. So I was like, wow. That was like, an eye-opening moment there. Yeah. That book is really great to read. And that is why we should all do intermittent fasting, even if, you know, sometimes people will try it and they're like, yeah, but I'm not losing weight or I'm losing it. What did you say? 0.32 pounds per week. I could do a million other diets and lose weight more quickly. I mean, 100%. Look, I'm a diet pro from way back, back in the day. (laughs) I can tell you a hundred ways to lose weight more quickly than intermittent fasting. Honestly, of course, you're going to gain it all back, but you'll lose it really exactly. fast, right? And exactly. then you'll be miserable, uh-huh. especially when you gain it all back. But the beauty of intermittent fasting and how it lowers our insulin levels and changes our whole health trajectory from Alzheimer's being considered type three diabetes mm-hmm. and what it does, you know, insulin resistance of your brain to your knees to everything. I think everyone should get a fasted insulin test. Have you ever had one? I believe, I'm not sure if I've had that. I, I do the inside tracker. You, you probably had to ask for it. Oh, well then you, you yeah. might've, I think inside tracker I'm might. Not, do I don't it. remember. I would look into there and see if they do. I don't know if they automatically do it or not. I had my fasted insulin done first in 2019 and it was below a five and I felt great about that. Then I just had it done again recently before I started hormone replacement therapy and my fasted insulin level was up hmm. because that's one thing that happens as our female hormones change and we go through menopause and I, you know, I'm on the other side now is that our bodies lose the ability to manage blood glucose. Okay. So my A1C was going up. My Even with fasting, my fasted insulin level is up. So I've been on hormone replacement therapy for just over three months and I had my test redone. It's back down below what it was in 2019. Okay. All right. I'm on the right track again. But knowing what your fasted insulin levels are doing, you know, and it makes sense why I gained two inches around my waist over the whole menopausal transition from 2018 to 2022. My waist measurement went up and that makes sense as my insulin levels were slowly going okay. up. Thanks to hormones. Wasn't fast did fasting fail me? No. No. Absolutely. And, and and you can imagine what it might have been had you not been fasting. Right. So that's 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 my benchmark. Yeah. Okay. What would this have been like had I not been fasting? Who no, I don't want to know. Yeah, I a hundred percent. But I do think we need to keep our eye on it because even though I didn't change what I was eating, I didn't change my fasting. 
my body did things hormonally because that's what happens during menopause. And seeing the difference after hormone replacement therapy is amazing. And now my body is able to do what it's supposed to do. And I feel better again. And I'm sleeping. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's that's so important. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the things I've been working on this past year. But I went into medically induced menopause with a massive or total hysterectomy. And they basically gutted me like a fish. I'd like to say, because they took everything right. out. Right. Oh, oh. Just due to... Oh, my gosh. Wanted to make sure there was no cancer in there. But oh, yeah. um, so I was like, bam, I'm in menopause. And this was 10 years yeah. ago. And... <laughs> I, I didn't have time to move slowly through the process. All of a sudden, it was like heat flashes, uh, uh, hot flashes. And you went from 60 to zero. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, okay. And, and I work with a good functional doctor. And we didn't, I don't know that I did hormone replacement therapy. She put me on some hormones, but not <sighs> looking back. I wish I'd known to research more. Yeah. I didn't really know much about that at all because my mother and my grandmother never talked about menopause. No. No, no they did they <laughs> did not. They don't they don't they don't talk about it even now a lot of them don't. And you know, also 10 years ago things were a little murkier with the with the science because it was you know, people were still like, you know, nervous about that women's health initiative study right. that so you know, hormones are bad, bad, you know, a lot better. But, um, they were bad, they were good, then they were bad, now they're right. good again. So, so my doctor, she was pretty spot on. I did a lot of testing and and she put me on some progesterone and but just I've just re- learned recently that within the first I think three to five years is when you really need that hormone replacement therapy to protect your brain. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, it's mm. true. So okay, that ship sailed. Yeah. Can't I can't work, worry about that. Can't now. go back. If I knew had known then what I know now, very different. I would have reacted. But yeah, again, that's part of evolving. And yeah, it all that was me. Uh, it started me asking about your fasted insulin yeah. level. If you <laughs> knew that, so that's how we got off on that tangent. But everybody listening, if you're struggling with your weight, especially if you're perimenopausal going through menopause, you need to take a look at that and just see. Because we we just think that our, our hormones, our female hormones especially, have to only do with the girly stuff, but they do a lot more things. And if you see your fasted insulin going up after it has been low, then that's a sign that things are changed in your body. It's not your fault. Yeah. You know, fasting didn't make it worse for me. <laughs> fasting, thank goodness, I'm sure it like saved me from who knows what would have exactly. happened because most people gain a good deal of weight during that transition. And I did. But get get your fast. Yeah, and I, yep, and I did. Yep, you um, did after that. Well, I mean, I lost weight after my hysterectomy because I took out this massive cyst. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you could have done some liposuction while you're in there too, you know. And so, you know, you did everything else. And I, but yeah, I kept putting on weight. I mean, I I went down. A, yeah, After I didn't that. lose as much as I thought I would have been taking out that cyst, but so. you lost the weight of, of what it they yes. removed, but, then, but that was not like fat right. Loss. And then yeah. it started piling on. And then I was like, well, I just can't do this. So I started working mm-hmm. with a nutritionist and cleaned up my eating habits. That helped a lot and exercise, but I was still overweight. Right. BMI wise and you know how I felt. I just felt the you know. And probably around your middle, you started get, gaining it more around your midsection. Yes. That was what happened for me early on when I you know, 2014, when I was obese, it was all around my middle all of a sudden. I wish I had a fasted insulin test from back then. That would be so interesting yeah, I don't, to compare I don't know to that now. I never had one back then. I, I'll have to double check my. I definitely did. Yeah, it's always the. You have to ask for it and beg for it, really. Yeah, they did the, the glucose, but they never did the insulin. So, Right. But I am definitely proof that you can lose weight after menopause. I mean, I lost weight after yeah. being in well past menopause, uh, well past the, the process of menopause. No, it wasn't fast, but that wasn't my goal. So I guess that's that's one thing. I mean, I wasn't trying to lose weight to, you know, for an event. Fit into your genes yeah. or anything. Exactly. You, you just, you wanted to be healthy. I, you wanted to have good brain yeah. health and the weight loss came along with it as the side effect. So how much weight did you end up losing with intermittent fasting? It was a, uh, about or even like before, I know you started before. All total, I lost a little over 70 pounds, like 72 pounds. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, wow. No wonder your knees feel better. I know. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I no complaints there. It took me about a year and a half. I, I made my notes on that. It took me about a year and a half. But at, at the same time, I was very slow. And maybe mm-hmm. I could have sped that up by shortening my window or maybe not drinking as much wine, but yeah, you know, I was living my life also. 
So, right. and then 2020 hit and well, we all know that what happened then, but I felt like because I was fasting, the pandemic, the lockdown was so much easier for me because I felt like I could mm-hmm. choose the intermittent fasting. I was making a choice. And so that was one thing that, in that entire year that I had control of is whether I was going to fast yeah, I or get not. That. <laughs> That's huge. And that is true. And and people, I think either people who were fasting prior to the pandemic did one of two things. They either leaned in like you did and said, you know what? I can't control all this crazy, but I can control what I'm doing. Or they're like, well, the wheels are off the bus completely. My dumpster's on fire. I'm just going to go with that. A lot of people had that. And, and there's, I'm not blaming anybody who chose that oh, no, because no. we we just, we all deal with things how we can. Yeah. But a lot of people had that other struggle too because it was such an emotional time, stressful, couldn't see your loved ones. And so. It was. And yeah. And I will admit, I mean, I bought boxed wine during a large portion of that. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I'm not saying everything was hunky-dory, but, you know, that that was right. one thing. But I you could, said, I'm going, at least I can right. fast. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of 2020, my dad had his major stroke. And that, again, is where fasting really showed me what a rock star it is. Because I was in the hospital with him. I, one person was allowed to be in the hospital with him. And once you went in, you couldn't leave and come back. And no, nobody right. else would come in if somebody else had been there. So, And there was nobody else besides me anyway, because my mother couldn't make it there. You know, I could be there all day. I could make these decisions. I was listening to doctors talk about things that I had no clue what they were really saying. But I was taking notes like crazy so I could look it up. And because I have celiac disease, I couldn't just go to the cafeteria and eat just anything. Right, because you can't have gluten no. at all. That was a diagnosis in 2017 which I was in denial or I stayed in denial with for about a year. And then I decided, well, no, if I want to be healthy, you know, if I want to feel better, then I'm going to start doing this. So I was already on that gluten-free diet when I started intermittent fasting. So, which is a blessing in in a way, because it takes a lot of stuff off the table right away. You know, that's true. Well, can't have that. (laughs) So, oh, well. Nope. So you were there with your dad and you couldn't run to the cafeteria and get something to eat and you really couldn't leave. You had to stay. So thank goodness for fasting. You just had no choice really, but to fast. And honestly, I really wasn't that hungry. I mean, it was like I was stressed and here was my dad who, you know, had always been the quiet, strong one, the family. And I was tasked with making sure that he got the best possible care and I was there until I think they kicked me out at nine. I think that was when you had to leave. And I would come mm-hmm. home and I would make some scrambled eggs and some toast. And and I would feel like, okay, now I've nourished. And then I'd go to bed and I'd start it all up the next day. You know, so. So you were really having a very late eating window. It was very window. late, very short. And don't yeah. recommend it. But. At the same time, it worked for me at what I was going yeah. through at the time. Mm-hmm. And your nine o'clock is probably more like my <laughs> seven o'clock, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I honestly do not feel good when I eat that late. Now mm-hmm. I try to make sure that I'm done eating seven ish is when I feel good because yeah. then it gives me enough time to rest and digest before I go to bed, and I don't feel like this massive thing going to bed and it's still yeah. yeah so that's another part of my evolving i mean i don't eat late and if i am having wine i stop drinking wine by seven o'clock i mean not hard and fast if we're out doing things yeah i'll still eat later i it's not that's why this works because you, you can right. still have the a flexibility life. Yeah. and you can make it work for you yeah i actually usually end eating by seven as well, although I'm struggling with that right now because of the time change, like yeah. I said, I want to eat earlier because it's so dark. And it's like I'm trying to force myself to wait till seven because if I do not, if I ate at like five, I would be out like a light oh, at eight o'clock. Yeah. I would not be able to stay up. So I'm like, I got to eat later or I'm going to be asleep. Yeah, the time change is The things tough. we have yeah, to do. Yeah, the time change is tough. I struggle with that. I mean, I've noticed through my aura ring, my sleeping patterns have been a little off this week and I'm going... Yeah, not much else has changed. So I'm pretty sure it's just trying to adjust. You're trying to yeah. adapt to that. Well, one thing that's really hard for me right now is we just moved a lot farther east that's, from Augusta. Yeah. 
And we actually used to live for years. Well, well, from 2000 to 2005, we lived in Carrollton, Georgia, which is right up against where the time zone changes because it's right by Alabama. So I lived as far west as you could live in the eastern time. And now I'm on the ocean. So it's very, very (laughs) a lot farther east. And so it really, the shift, it's dark so much earlier here. And the sun rises earlier as well. But I'm trying to deal with it. But this is our first time change here in the different location. And I'm like, man, this is hard. But anyway, I will make it. I will. Get yeah, you, you've it. done a couple of big shifts this year. So uh, I mean, not time wise, just moving wise and, and life, life, shifts. life shifts. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And my son lives in Alabama. And when we go down there, it's like, oh, it's always nice to go down because you get that extra but then you, you lose it coming mm-hmm. back. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so you like to be done by about seven eating and you just feel better not going to sleep with too much food right. in your stomach. Yeah. I just feel like it's, it works for me. Now, some other people yeah. can eat right up to bedtime and go to bed and, and they're, they're perfectly good. And I say more power to you because if I did that, I could, I could probably do that, but I just wouldn't sleep as well. And you don't. Yep. That's the the personal part about it. The bioindividuality again. There are people who feel better with a morning eating window or a midday eating window, and you only know by trying. Exactly. And exactly. So that's why when people say, "Well, tell me what to do," when I really can't say people. Only a few people have asked me, you know, to tell me what to do. I said, "Well, I really can't tell you. I can tell you what worked for me, and I can point you in the direction of information. But you really have to and how to figure yeah, it you out. You have to find yeah. out what works for you. We're all different." So it's a process and yeah, it works for me. And then I, about how long is your usual window or does it vary? It varies. I usually around four hours, four ish hours, four to five. Some days are, you know, six depends on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, you know, Christmas, you know, that's a whole nother story. Right. You know, it's usually a 12 hour fast or 12 hour oh, yeah. window that day. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. But usually it's about a four to five hour eating window. And that's what I feel best with. Yeah. If, if I start too early, but then I will back up and say some days there are just, I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. And I have to, and I work through that, go, okay, are you actually hungry? Or you just think you're hungry? You want, it's, you think you should be eating. And I was like, some days it's not, nope, I'm actually really hungry. So I will eat and not feel bad about it. And then, yep. you know, it'll be a longer eating window that day. I did that the other day. It was, what day was it? I had a hair appointment. It was Tuesday. And the, you know, the time had just changed. And I had a hair appointment at one fifteen, And it was like 1230. And I knew I was going to be sitting in her chair for a few hours because this blonde does not just happen <laughs> on its own. <laughs> I'm doing and I'm like, <laughs> you know, the time just changed. And I'm feeling really hungrier than normal right now. So what should I do? You know, because if I'm sitting on hunger, it's not an emergency. But if I'm sitting there and I really can't eat and I'm starving and I might be and the time just changed and what if it's five o'clock and I'm I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to eat. So I had two meals that day. I ate before I went and I was fine. I was just sitting in the chair and then I came home and had dinner like normal. It was no big deal. I mean, I would have been fine if I hadn't eaten, but I was genuinely feeling hunger. It might have just been because I was thinking about it. (laughs) That's also possible. Well, that's true. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) there is that. But but there are times where you do... You you should eat. Yeah. I recently had a neuropsychological evaluation to get a baseline mm-hmm. for my future self. And I knew it was going to be like five hours. They said to leave four to five hours. And a lot of that was going to be testing, like mental brain testing, thinking stuff. I'm like, oh, that's a long time to be thinking for me. So I really pondered on that one. I was like, okay, do I eat before? Because sometimes when I eat, then it's like I kind of power down. Right. But it started at 1230 and it was going to go until, you know, 435 o'clock. And what I decided on was I was going to eat beforehand Mm -hmm. and I had a very protein heavy meal and I did just fine. And I was glad I made that decision, but that decision was made on a lot of knowledge that I've accumulated. So normally I'd just been in the beginning, I would have said, nope, not going to eat because I'm going to, that'll just make me sleepy. But having gained the knowledge and that's the beauty of intermittent fasting is that the longer you do it, the more knowledgeable you become about so many other things. And that translates into the food you eat and how you prepare it and and, and why you want to eat that food at that time. It's true. 
and the confidence you have to make a decision and to, to decide, you know, should I eat? Should I not eat? Does it matter? Will I be sorry? And I always ask myself, you've probably heard me say this, how will I, in an hour will I regret that I ate this? And the answer <laughs> that day was no, I won't nope. regret it in one hour. I'll be fine that I ate it. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to go ahead and eat. And then you know, t- yesterday I was recording with Sherry until, I don't know, 4.30. And I didn't eat till I got home around 5. And today, same thing. We're, when we get off this podcast, yeah. Sherry and I are meeting with somebody. And then we're going to ha- record another episode of Life Lessons. And so, gosh, I probably oh, won't eat today till 5.30. Wow. Okay. And I'm fine. And But I had that that longer window Tuesday. And then Wednesday and Thursday, they end up shorter. And it's it's just no big deal. That was also went into my decision to go ahead and eat on Tuesday. Because it's like, I got a lot going on on Wednesday and Thursday that are late and I probably won't eat. So I'm just going to go ahead and have a longer window today. That works. And that's why, again, the beauty of intermittent fasting. <laughs> Absolutely. So you said something before that I wrote down. I'm like, I'm going to come back to this. You said something about a magazine article. <laughs> and I'm like, what was she talking about? Oh, yeah. Well, thanks to you. I, I, I think magazine. I knew what, what it was. Yeah, I, I know. Come back but, to um, it. Yep. Yeah. I, it was a Woman's World Women's magazine. Women's World. And yep. I'm, I'm just trying to see. I remember the date it was. I um, never saw that article. It, it came out. When did it come out? This is dated April 25th. And they sent me. You and know, it was a of this copies. year, 2022. Yes. Yes. That was right when we were in the middle of our house was on the market and we were negotiating for contracts. I think that was the week the contract came out that fell through. The people that were like, we're going to pay all cash in 10 days and we want you to move out. I'm like, I don't think this is really happening. And it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Too good to be true. I was at the grocery store looking for it and it wasn't on the stand that day. And then I never went back and found it. I never saw it on the stand here either. Hold it up. Let and me see it. I want to. I can. I can because I can see her. Sorry, everybody. I can I'm see on the Linda. front cover with Kristen Chenoweth. Oh my gosh! There, there you in the, in the are. Yes. Oh my with gosh! My name is... and everything. Wow. I'm sorry. I <laughs> so never I was... saw it, but I looked for it, but it just wasn't there. So you were in Women's yes. World, April 25th, 2022. Yes, and that was a response to something you posted in the community. She was looking. I, I yeah, she was looking yeah. for. She'll come out and sometimes, because I'm now a contact person for the women's world person who does the diet and weight loss articles. And it's always a big, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say this out loud because they they have people in there twice and, and talked about fasting. I always have to really fight myself with, do I want to be connected with this? Because I don't like the way they make it seem so, like crash dieting and fast. I don't like that because intermittent fasting is not, a, you're, you will not lose, you know, if you're listening to this end of January, you will not lose a hundred pounds by Memorial Day, right? I mean, you're not going to. Right. So I always have to fight with my my inner voice of, you know, get the word out versus sensationalizing it. And I don't want it to feel sensationalized ever. How did you feel about how it turned out? I picked up a couple of the magazines before committing to this, to do the article. So I knew their audience. Right. I knew who they were writing for. I kind of knew how the the story was going to slant. But she did a read back with me when I'm driving across country and she's reading the article and I'm listening to it going, Oh my gosh. Um, and it starts out, Melinda Spangenberg slid into bed, flipped open her laptop and typed in how to prevent Alzheimer's. Not, I mean, <laughs> well, I, a little, a little, little poetic license there. Yeah. I, first of all, I never take my computer to bed. Right. I, I don't even take my iPad to bed anymore. So I was like, no, that part didn't happen. The, the, yes, I did Google that, yeah. but I was like, you know, so I knew I was like, okay, just roll with it. It's not technically mm-hmm. wrong. It's just she's writing to capture her audience. Like, I'm already interested in that story. You're not, <laughs> not even. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and a few other things were in there. You know, she, I wrinkled my nose as I took my first sip of plain green tea. I'm like, no, I, I always drink my tea, my green tea plain. The thing I kept pushing back on was, well, how was Jen's program? How did that work for you? And I said, well, it doesn't really have a program. Yeah, that, that's the part Jen, they have a hard time with. Yeah, it's like it's not a diet plan. It's a way of eating. And and Jen wonderfully took all the research and made it understandable so that people like me could read it and understand why it worked. Right. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move, 
or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. And so it's not a plan. Uh I mean, and it's not going to tell you what you have to do every day. Or how much you have to eat of this and this. I don't know if I ever got through. Well, it doesn't fit because, into the into yeah. the box of the industry, and that is the part. You know, I am a connoisseur of diet exactly. books, and I used to pick those women's magazines up at the checkout, and I would go straight to that section where they talked about the whatever they were selling. I was buying that book, and I was trying that thing, but <laughs> it was always a program and a plan. And so I know what the diet industry is like. So you may have heard me say this before when I was writing Fast Feast Repeat and talking to my literary agent. They were talking about how we were going to publicize it when it was time to start publicizing the book. They're like, all right, and what are we going to tell people that they should expect to lose during the 28-day fast start? And I said, Zero pounds, they might even gain oh. weight. They're like, oh, well, we can't say that. I'm like, but it's, it's not going to sell a book. But it's true. <laughs> and so I don't want people to think that this is, you know, one of those fad, quick weight loss things. It isn't, but it's going to change your body behind the scenes in miraculous ways, in ways that you aren't even expecting. You may think you want to wear those jeans for summertime or with shorts or bathing suit or whatever, your skinny jeans. But what it's going to do for you long term is going to just all of your expectations, it's going to just be amazing. You're, yeah, you're going to be blown away by how well it works and your expectations will no longer exist mm-hmm. because, I mean, there's nothing more to expect. I expect to continue do intermittent fasting because it works for me. Yeah. I mean, there's no chance I'm going to get pregnant. So I don't have <laughs> well, to worry not. about Definitely not. You don't even stop. have those parts, no, right? <laughs> no. You know, they're, they're, that's a blessing. But so the article... I'm grateful for the opportunity. I was going to ask you if you were glad you did it or if you wished you hadn't. It was an experience. I mean, the photo shoot, I think, panicked me more than anything. I She, she said, the, the person I was working with, you need to wear some jewel tones. I'm like, what is jewel tones? <laughs> I was like, well, can you give me some guidance on that? I mean, what is a jewel tone? And I had nothing that qualified. She wanted just straight monochromatic. Right. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't really, I mean, I'm a jean, a funnel shirt and jeans kind of person. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to find sh- uh, shirts and nice shirts. And the hair and makeup was fun. Right. I mean, somebody came in and, and I'm like, I, and I looked at the picture when they sent me the picture and that's on the front cover. I'm like, doesn't even look like me. That's funny. I mean, it, really, it really does not. I mean, I would never wear my hair like that, but, but it was a great experience and I'm glad that I did Good. it. I'm glad you're glad that you did it because it would have made me feel very sad to have connected you and for you to say, no, it was awful. I wish I hadn't done it. I would be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that being said, though, I don't know many people that I know personally that have read the story. Yeah. I mean, I didn't post it on you Facebook. You didn't share it. Not because I was embarrassed about it. I just, that's just me. Yeah. My daughters read it. My son and his fiance have read it, but they all said, oh, it was great. But I'm just like, yeah, but you have to read it with a grain of yeah, salt. And it, I get that. But I'm glad that she led with the Alzheimer's search and the health benefits and that that's what got you started because that is really what I want to get out into the world is that, yeah, we come for the weight loss, but we stick around for the health benefits or you really could come for the health benefits and stick around for the weight loss. And that's really where the power is, is long-term 
I can't go back in time and go through menopause as someone who wasn't an intermittent faster and compare how that was. But I have a hunch that it would have been a whole lot different. Like I never had to buy bigger clothes, even though my waist size went up. Maybe I had a little muffin top in my size zero <laughs> jeans from the loft. They're stretchy, but I still was able to wear them all the time. Yeah. And now we're, I'm back on the way right. down again, thank goodness. My yeah. waist measurement is trending down. But yeah. you know what would have happened without fasting? I don't know. My weight has fluctuated so much over the years. I mean, I always, I mean, I remember being heavy as a kid. I did Weight Watchers, I don't know how many times. I mean, I was on a revolving door with Weight Watchers and then then having kids and and a a couple of miscarriages in there. And for many reasons, fat was my armor. It was my protective shield. And now I've learned that I guess I, I don't need that protective shield anymore and I'm able to be out there in the world as my own person. I love that. And I think there's a lot to be said for when you are overweight, you get overlooked. I mean, not because they don't see you, because if you're overweight, clearly you're taking up more space in the room, but you're undervalued. You're, for some reason, I think there is a a tendency to disregard your opinions, that the opinions of somebody who's overweight, that I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Well, you're 100% right. I actually undervalued myself when I was overweight. I was hard, well, harder yes, on myself I. than maybe other people even were. And that is true. I think we all have that tendency. But to have it filter in from the it outside, does, yeah. you know, and, and people would look at you, you know, if you're in a restaurant and you're eating and, you know, you'd think people are looking at you saying and judging you by because you're eating. Yeah. So that it's taken away a whole level of, or it's broken down a whole wall. And so now I'm, I'm just, I can be seen for who I am. And yeah, I don't have a bikini body. Self will never be out in the world in a bikini. And it wouldn't have even at my thinnest, right. even years previously, that was just never my thing. But am I grateful that I don't have to worry about if I have to get dressed up? Like when my son and his fiance picked their, their wedding date earlier this year, my first thought was not, oh, I'm going to have to lose 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. No, it was more like, oh, I'm going to have to find a dress yeah. that I like. And that's not easy, no matter <laughs> how big you up. are. I just had to go find no. a dress. So I went to Arizona and there's a formal event, which is so much fun. But, you know, I went to, <laughs> I'm down here in Myrtle Beach area. I went to Dillard's because that's, the, I guess, they, you know, have a pretty good formal yeah. selection. And, you know, I'm trying on a multiple yeah. things and some things look good on my body and some things do not look good on my body, regardless of what my size I was absolutely not going to buy a black dress, by the way. I was like, I'm not buying a black dress. Everyone <laughs> always has black dresses. I'm not buying a black dress. So, of course, the dress that looked the best to me was a black dress. But I found black this dress, navy yes. dress because I love navy. And I came out of the dressing room. I'm wearing the black dress because it fit me beautifully. But I was like, I need this dress and another. this one has a hole in it. Do you have it? another one of these? She's like, no, that's the only one we have like that. But the dress you're wearing is the one you should buy. This so I ended up buying the black dress. But at the event, like nobody had on black dresses. Oh, see, there you are. I know. So I guess everybody got the don't wear a black dress memo. But there I was in my black dress and I felt beautiful. So, Well, I still haven't decided on one. I, I have like six dresses and I've tagged them each with the return date. Yeah. So I don't miss it. But I'm just like, oh, I can't decide. My daughter's going to be coming home. In a couple of weeks, I'm like, she'll help you oh, pick. Thank goodness. Yes, what I need What colors are these dresses? What, what? They range. One is a navy blue. I love navy blue. The mother, well, I, and that one does look good on me, but that is also the same color and the same navy blue that the mother of the bride is going to oh. wear. It's not that she's wearing, not a dress, but, or not anything similar, but the same color. It's so. the same color. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually have that same dress in a, it's called eggplant. It's more of a purplish. But that is the bridal color, bridal party's color. Oh man, so this I, is hard. You know, even though, I, yeah. So I love those two dresses, and I probably will keep them just because I like them. Right. So now I'm looking for other dresses, and as so I've been back to Dillard's and a couple other places, and so yeah, it's been. It's, it's not fun. easy. And even when you're small, you know, we're all like, one day no. when I lose weight, dress shopping will be easy. No. <laughs> shopping is just hard because clothes just either fit you or they don't. And it's not necessarily your body. It's the clothes are fit weird, you know? I've never been one to be able to put together an outfit. I mean, if I see an outfit on a mannequin, I'm like, that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But to me to go and pick stuff out and go, this will work. This and No. That's so funny. funny. Well, at least a so, dress is pretty I, easy. It's just a dress. Well, yeah, but then you got the shoes and then you got the accessories. So I'm like, this is a whole 
That's deal. true. Um, I just keep it simple. You know, I've, gotten, yeah, I've gotten till middle of next month. Oh, <laughs> so, well, so December. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say right around the new year, they have a lot of things. That's too late for you then. Yeah. And I couldn't find anything in like June or July because then they still have the summer stuff out. Right. And even though in North Carolina, it's iffy, what it could be. I mean, last Christmas, I have pictures of us sitting outside and my son was wearing shorts. Right. And, you never know. And, and one Christmas years ago, it, it snowed. So, yeah. I mean, I've only, we've only been here five years, but it's basically a crapshoot. So we'll see. Well, the, the good news is you don't even have to think about your weight. You just no. are able to find a dress that fits your body, that you look good in, that is, and, and wear that to the wedding. Exactly. So, and that, and that was fun. I mean, I actually thought of that later. I was like, well, that was, I think that was the first time it occurred to me that that was not the first thing I thought of my weight. Yeah. You know, or, or having to lose weight for an event. And that was such a freeing moment. And so then I could just be happy. Well, <laughs> and you know, after losing 72 pounds, you know, I lost 80 pounds. And I remember that was always the first thing I thought about was my weight. And to not mm-hmm. have that be the thing anymore is such a, I mean, we remember what it was like when that was the thing. Oh, my weight. Oh, right. I'm going to have to stand in the back. Oh, how uh, can yeah. I, you know. But not, not hide, anymore. How, how can I hide behind people mm-hmm. to not you know, be in the picture? And and my son's been with his wonderful fiance for many years, or six years now. So she's seen me go through this progression. And she said, oh, I saw this picture the other day. And he said, you, you, you. it's so totally different. Yeah. And she actually does intermittent fasting too. But uh, my daughter said to me last, we were out somewhere last last December of 2021. She goes, you look nothing like you did two years ago. Yeah. And she said it in such a loving way. And I was like, I know I feel so much better. And I said, I'm never going back. Yeah. She's not on the intermittent fasting train. She doesn't, you know, she's 26 and she's living a life, her life. And do I think it would be beneficial? The healing benefits I think would be great for her. Does she need to? Not for weight loss. Right. But I think yeah, I think I think everybody could benefit from it. But, I think so. But um, maybe one day but you have to gravitate towards wanting to do it. You have to be at a spot where, yes, this is what I want to do now. And then once you start, you won't want to stop. So. Exactly. And you're showing her, you're modeling it. She's seeing how it, it works for you. So we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? Or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Well, since I didn't know anything. Yeah. I mean, I basically started from scratch, but my advice is to find your why. Yeah. Why do you want to do this and do your research? You're a great resource, Jason Fung. I mean, there are lots of other ones out there. I wrote them down somewhere. Why we get sick, fast, feast, repeat. Kate, Catherine Shanahan has some wonderful books, but do the research and ask yourself in one year, three years, five years, 20 years, where do I want to find myself? And how do I want to be feeling about myself? I love that. That is really, really important. Not like, what are you going to be wearing in May when the bathing suits come out? But right. what do you want to be like in 20 years? Yeah. And honestly, for me, intermittent fasting is a leap of faith because I'm doing it for a, a certain reason. I have no guarantees that this will stave off Alzheimer's or dementia or any any kind of neurocognitive disorder. But I believe it's my best shot. Yeah. So I'm hoping the payoff comes in, you know, in the next 20 years and or beyond. But in the meantime, I'm living a darn good life. So it's in my, my one year has gone by now I'm working on my three years and it's a journey. It's not a race. It's not a, what is it? It's not a marathon. It's a sprint or no, it's no, not it's a sprint. Not a it's a sprint. It's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So just be willing to give yourself grace and keep moving forward. Even if you think you're taking steps back, just know that Okay, you'll you'll go forward again and, and, and to give yourself grace. Exactly. Well, Melinda, thank you so much for being here today and for sharing your story. Thanks for having me, Jen. I appreciate it. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at Jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. 
please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window. Comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. Nobody has dared to find out who is the actual best at just being on a reality show. I'm your host, comedian Daniel Tosh. Is winner go home. Each episode, our contestants will face new challenges. They will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win $200 million. $200,000. Prepare, because it's about to be ugly crying. Lots of fighting. Tasha, I have to defend myself. Celebrating 25 years of reality TV with your favorites. I have diarrhea. You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The Goat, premiering on Freebie and Prime Video on May 9th.